As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Transfer Briefing from The Athletic. It's Wednesday the 17th of January. I'm Adam Leventhal. On today's show... Mourinho's Roma exit. I think his results against the big clubs, there's little confidence that he can beat them. Joe Linton's Newcastle blow. They desperately need reinforcements and they will try and see what, if anything, they can actually do this month. And Wiegmann's New Deal. It allows her team to build on very solid foundations. And along with her assistant, Ian Vurenk, who has also extended his contract, they have built a very slick, well-oiled machine primed for success. This is the Daily Transfer Briefing with Adam Leventhal. We have transfer news to come for you as well, including ins and outs at Tottenham. Before all that, let's get you up to speed with all of the cup action from Tuesday evening. Manchester United found out they'll travel to Newport County in the FA Cup fourth round after the League Two side won their replay at non-league Eastleigh 3-1. There was a shock as Saeed Benrahma was sent off for West Ham as they lost 1-0 at Bristol City. He's got to do the same and he hasn't got there and Conway has and Conway scores! Three minutes in, it's Tommy Conway for Bristol City again! The Championship side's prize hosting Nottingham Forest or Blackpool and that is one of three replays tonight with Crystal Palace or Everton who will play Luton after they won at Bolton Bristol Rovers or Norwich will fight it out to play against Liverpool. We're going to see a Black Country derby in round four at West Brom after Wolves beat Brentford 3-2 after extra time. Elsewhere, Wayne Rooney's replacement at Birmingham. Tony Mowbray celebrated a last-minute winner against Hull. They'll play Leicester next. At AFCON, Burkina Faso's 1-0 win over Mauritania puts them top of Group D, while Namibia beat Tunisia 1-0 and Mali beat South Africa 2-0 in Group E. Tonight, World Cup semi-finalists Morocco face Tanzania and Democratic Republic of Congo play Zambia in Group F. If you fancy Spanish football tonight, La Liga leaders Girona take on Rayo Vallecano in one of three ties in the Copa del Rey. They'll hope to join Sevilla, Athletic Bilbao and Mallorca, who advanced with wins on Tuesday night. Meanwhile, second place Juventus had a good night in Serie A as well. Now Vlahovic with space to shoot! Dusan Vlahovic 
with a beauty of his own and everything is right in the world in Turin at the moment. They beat Sassuolo 3-0 to get the gap to Inter at the top back to just two points. But the big headline from Italy is Jose Mourinho's exit from Roma after three league defeats in five left them ninth. They lost to rivals Lazio last week as well. Mourinho was in tears as he left the training ground. So what went wrong, James Horncastle? Well, I think a cynic would say with the appointment, I don't want to be the person who says, I told you so. Jose has not flopped at Roma. He won a conference league in his first year. Roma fans had not had anything to celebrate for 14 years and it mattered an awful lot to them and he became a god. The following year he made a Europa League final. Everyone remembers that final for what happened afterwards, his rant against Anthony Taylor, the referee and the match officials for not giving a penalty. But I think, yeah, that is the turning point in this story because if they win that game, Roma not only win back-to-back European titles, they would have qualified for the Champions League too and that would have brought in the revenue to really kind of transform this club or put it back on the right track financially Um, because ultimately hiring Mourinho and the first summer in which he was in charge where they spent 113 million net has been a very costly exercise it's brought a lot of strict financial fair play compliance you need to split Jose's time at the club in two one in Europe where he's been a success the other in Italy where he hasn't Roma finished sixth they then finished seventh, which was up late, upgraded to six because Juventus had a 10-point penalty and they're currently ninth. This is their worst season in the league in more than 20 years. And I think his results against the big clubs, the teams that he's vying for top four with, there's little confidence that he can beat them. And so the time has come to go in a new direction. And I think, you know, it's, it's a contentious and unpopular decision because of the popularity of Mourinho within the fan base. If you are looking at it in the cold light of day and with a rational brain, ninth is not good enough for a team that has the third highest wage bill in Serie A. Daniele De Rossi has been named interim manager. A legitimate longer term option or just a caretaker? I mean, this is such a romantic uh, appointment. I think it's quite populist as well. I think it's the only one that uh, the Friedkins could have made to replace Mourinho because Mourinho is so popular at Roma that the only way to make his successor acceptable is to essentially go with a Roma legend. And Daniele is exactly that. You know, he's briefly gone into coaching. I mean, he was part of Roberto Mancini's staff when Italy won the Euros. He then coached Spal in the second division briefly. I think uh, the risk here is, is kind of twofold. I mean, one for him, this might be too much too soon. And his dream of coaching Roma could all go up in flames um, because I think this is a difficult situation to come into even with a relatively soft uh, fixture list for the next couple of months. The other drawback, I suppose, if if you're the club, is that if Daniele does well, um, then the fans will absolutely demand for him to stay. Now, yeah, the positive of that is, um, you know, Roma have a very strict financial fair play settlement agreement. They might need Uh, a manager like Daniele at the start of his career who's not going to ask for a ridiculous amount of money like um, some of the top managers in the world. But on the other hand, Roma are at the moment also looking for a new sporting director. And that new sporting director might have his own ideas about who the coach should be um, for next season, even though the Freakins will ultimately have the final say um, on who that is. And I think if Daniele does well enough, 
you know, it will be hard for the Freakins or the new sporting director to say, thanks, Daniele, but we're going in a different direction. So I think in an ideal world for the Freakins, Daniele does this until June. Um, and then, you know, he he walks away and allows them to, to go in a different direction. Well, for an even deeper look at Mourinho's time at Roma and what next for him, check out the Athletic Football Podcast episode, which is out today. You're listening to The Daily Transfer Briefing with Adam Leventhal. Some transfer news for you now and Brentford are close to signing Sergio Reguilón on loan from Tottenham for the rest of the season after he returned from Manchester United. Meanwhile, another defender, Jafet Tanganga, is set to return to Spurs this month as well, having not played at all for Augsburg in the Bundesliga. Now, what about Newcastle? Joel Linton is out with a groin injury, potentially, for the rest of the season. Our man on the tyne, Chris Woff, can tell us if they're looking to bring in a replacement. Eddie Howe certainly would like to bring in reinforcements. He's wanted a midfielder all month. Calvin Phillips of Manchester City is a player Newcastle like a lot, but the loan fee being asked for, as well as the potential for an option or obligation to buy, is is more money than Newcastle necessarily want to put forward for Phillips, and so they do seem to have walked away from that a little bit. But this will really focus minds. Newcastle only have three senior fit midfielders, one of whom is Lewis Miley, a 17-year-old who's probably played far more than you'd expect. Bruno Gimraes is on nine bookings already, so he's going to get a, he's almost certainly going to get a two-match suspension at some stage. They desperately need reinforcements, and I think this will force a, a transfer meeting. Newcastle have regular transfer meetings, but they're going to have another one later this week, and I think that that will they will try and see what if anything they can actually do this month. And because of profit and sustainability rules, is there likely to be any outgoings? There's the potential that, that there could be. I mean, Newcastle have been exploring basically all options, not necessarily because they're going to follow any of them, but to see what they can actually do. And certainly within the next 12, 18 months, there will be sales at Newcastle. They haven't been a club who have sold particularly well. They sold on St. Maximan last summer to be able to to finance bringing in Harvey Barnes and Tino Livermento, but they are already very much at the PSR limit. That's why Lewis Hall arrived on initial loan with an obligation to buy, which goes through this summer. This month, I'm not sure there's there's much money in terms of value for Newcastle to sell. You look at their sort of star players and, and do they want to lose any of them at this stage? Almost certainly not. Bruno Gimraes, maybe more the summer you could look at and could possibly go. And they don't really, as I said before, they don't really have that many fringe players who people actually want. So what they can actually do remains to be seen. They could do what they did last year, which was similar to with Anthony Gordon, was a long-term sign they brought forward from the summer to bring him in six months early, and that was money they were going to spend anyway. Can they try and work out a deal in a similar sort of way, whether it's a loan with an obligation in a similar way, or whether they can amortise it over a long period of time for a player they intended to sign this summer, bring it forward six months? All of these things are going to be discussed at this moment in time, but certainly Newcastle are very close to their PSR limit, and even if they do do business, it's not going to be hugely significant business in terms of numbers. Well, there's more on Newcastle and all of the transfer news on our daily blog. The deeper dives on the deals are never far away either. Now, England women's head coach Serena Wiegmann has extended her contract until the end of the 2027 World Cup, when she and her team will hope to go one better after losing in the final to Spain at last year's tournament. Charlotte Harper tells us what this means for the Lionesses. 
The England FA believes Serena Wiegmann is the best international coach in the women's game. But the question is, how do you keep the best manager? Serena Wiegmann's contract was due to expire after the 2025 Euros, but she has agreed to stay on until after the 2027 World Cup. Wiegmann simply said, I really like the job and I enjoy working with the England team. No figures were mentioned regarding Wiegmann's salary, but the FA's CEO, Mark Billingham, said we view Serena as the number one coach in the world in the women's game and we view that she's paid accordingly. For context, Emma Hayes was made the highest paid manager in the women's game when she was appointed as the US women's national team coach in November. Wiegmann's extension bodes very well for the Lionesses. It allows her team to build on very solid foundations, and along with her assistant Ian Vurink, who has also extended his contract, and that's crucial because he has been pivotal to their success, they have built a very slick, well-oiled machine primed for success. There has been criticism of Wiegmann for her lack of rotation and tactical rigidity, but Wiegmann is hungrier than ever to win more trophies with England. That's all for today's Daily Transfer Briefing. I've been Adam Leventhal. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman, executive producer Ian McIntosh. As always, if you can comment and follow wherever you listen, that would be hugely appreciated. Michael Bailey will be with you tomorrow. Take care and thanks for listening. The Athletic.